Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hi, hello, how are you? It's Daryl, and welcome to episode 96 of Cage Rage, a Nicholas Cage podcast. It's the podcast in which I take you, the dear listener, on the journey to true Cage Nirvana, and what is that, you may ask, when it's only the highest, most purest, most sexual, most emotional, most real, most everything you will form of being one can possibly achieve. And how do we achieve it? Well, quite simply, by watching every movie the man I call the golden hog of Hollywood, Nicholas Cage, has ever been in. How are you? Hope you're well. Hope you're getting on uh, in all the day-to-day and the life and the stuff when it's getting all hot outside and sticky and messy and you're staying hydrated and, well, it's always half the battle. Um, it's a, it's a, a very special episode this week. It's a crossover episode, in fact, in which I am joined uh, by the wonderful duo of Steve and Izzy, from the Everything I Learned from Movies podcast. Uh, They'll be having a special Nick Cage August, um, in which this episode will be shared over on their side of things as well. But we're all here to talk about jiu-jitsu, the very weird uh, martial arts sci-fi from 2020, the movie that we thought was going to save us from the pandemic, and if anything, plunged us further into darkness. Um, So we're getting into the nitty-gritty of this one, uh, talking about what beer we think that Nicolas Cage would be, how dirty all of the actors have been done in this one as well, and just kind of how disappointing this film is, considering the quite frankly absurd premise um, of what it offers as well. So this was uh, so much fun to record. I hope that you will enjoy the episode as well and uh, we'll check back in with you right at the end but until that moment in time it is episode 96 it's Daryl, it's Steve and Izzy it's Jiu-Jitsu, enjoy we kick off Cage's 2020 this week with the sci-fi martial arts movie Jiu-Jitsu here Cage plays Wiley an eccentric martial arts sage who must help lead a group against an alien invader. Now, joining me on the journey to true Cage Nirvana this week to see if this movie is a piece of martial art or just a plain martial fart are Steve and Izzy from the Everything I Learned From Movies podcast. Steve and Izzy, thank you so much for joining. How are you both today? Oh, hey everybody, doing great. Thanks for having us, Daryl. Yes, and he said it cor- the name correctly the first time. Hey. That's all. <laughs> you have done something most podcasts can't. <laughs> I, I find with this accent, it's just say something confidently, and uh, there's, a, there's a 60% chance you'll get it right. Um, so we're getting rough to an amazing start. This is brilliant. Um <laughs> Uh, so any you know, time there are sort of new guests um, to Cage Rage, this silly thing I call a podcast, I'm always keen to know off the bat here um, 
Nicholas Cage for yourselves, uh, rate, hate, tolerate, where do you stand upon the man that I refer to as the golden hog of Hollywood? <laughs> We're right oh, there with you, man. Greatest you mean, living you mean actor. The patron saint of our podcast. Yeah. You have a Saint, <laughs> saint Nick uh, Christmas tree topper every year. Yeah, we send uh, them out to our Patreons so that they can make them all themselves for the holiday season. <laughs> yeah, we've interviewed oh. about 40 to 50. Uh, People involved with movies, yeah. only about a quarter of them <laughs> working either directing Nicolas Cage, uh, being uh, his brother, Chris Coppola, uh, <laughs> yeah. his stand in yeah. for over a decade. Uh, you know, we're we're just circling Nicolas Cage until he agrees to be on our <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Isn't that what we're all doing uh, in, in one way, in one way or another? We're all going the long way around to try and uh, to get him. He's the golden hog. He's the white whale. Um you know, he would be uh, the ultimate guy. I think I've said before, if ever he acknowledged me, then either it would be as like a 10 minute interview or him just telling me to stop. Either way is a win. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel just like a if... single tweet that says stop, it would still uh, be the greatest moment of our lives. Yeah, I, I, I feel like if he just decided, you know what, I'm retiring from acting. I've done it all. I've perfected it. Then the next person can come along and he goes on cameo and for like, let's say five thousand dollars how many podcasters or whatever oh, out there raise the would instantly to start doing a kickstarter oh. like hey get nicholas cage to be on our podcast for let's say he's like five thousand dollars for 30 minutes and, it's five thousand dollars for the two minutes like ernie hudson where he just records something and sends it to you yeah yeah pretty much <laughs> and honestly and like, it's he like he's shut- right he would just shut down the podcast industry. Like it is, all that would be left would be true crime, and then it would be who murdered all of these podcasts. Oh, it was Nicholas Cage showing up for twenty minutes. You know. Oh man, if if that was possible, you can put any number in front of me, and you know, I don't mean to get you know, take it on a tangent too early into the episode, but I would do anything, and I'm going to leave that open to interpretation. Anything. <laughs> To uh, to achieve that cameo, um, five thousand dollars or whatever the equivalent currency is, I will. Even my he cat's getting involved outside there. Oh god, that's it. <laughs> that, that's what it'd be. He only gets paid in like I don't know uh, declarations of independence or something like for for various countries. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, Mr. Cage, we couldn't find a T Rex skull. We live in Allosaurus country. Will you take an Allosaurus skull? <laughs> Here, I, I have the Declaration of Independence for Monaco. That's a principality. That's bullshit. <laughs> That doesn't count. <laughs> you think I can't tell the difference between a shim bone and a rib? <laughs> I'm, so, I'm, so, I'm so sorry. I just, just, just please accept my bones. I have no money. <laughs> what would you do for an interview with Nicolas Cage? That's that's the new segment. What would you do for an interview? <laughs> With Nicholas Cage. Um, I think for me, it's more what I wouldn't do. And there's not much on that list. Uh, yeah, start turning into a meatloaf song at that point. <laughs> I can do that. <laughs> I would do anything for Cage. Especially that. Um, <laughs> especially that. Um, <laughs> oh, madam. Um and certainly one of the things that I would do, as we've all done here today, is um, is watch jiu-jitsu. Um, <laughs> we paid to watch jiu-jitsu oh, the first time. Guys, okay. <laughs> we this, paid full price. This movie, uh, this was my movie 
This like, was... I was waiting all of 2019 and 2024. Yeah. We interviewed... <laughs> this wasn't just Steve's movie of the year. This was Steve's movie of, like, three years. Yeah. Uh, so, one of our interviews was the, the actual star of this movie, Elaine Moosey, who's the star of the Kickboxer Retaliation and uh, Kickboxer... Uh, or, I guess, Kickboxer... Kickboxer Vengeance and Retaliation. The new Kickboxer trilogy they're trying to make. Which and honestly are very good. Very good. The first they're two have really Jean-Claude fun. Van Damme in them as, you know, oh. reprising the kickboxer role. They're yeah. actually really good action movies. And yeah. uh, was it he fight was it he fought Mike Tyson? Yeah, oh yeah, Mike yeah. Tyson's in and them. Crystal Lambert. Yeah. In our interview, he was saying that Mike Tyson doesn't know how to stunt punch. He took real punches from Mike Tyson. <laughs> and lived to tell the tale. Like, <laughs> like Elaine Moosey is an incredible athlete. And, and he's really charismatic. Pre- yeah, really charismatic. A decent actor. I was hyped that he was leading this movie, that Nicolas yes. Cage is going to be in, a martial arts movie. And then as we got closer, it was like, oh yeah, Tony Jaw's going to be in it too. Yeah, the protector! And Juju Chan, Rick Yoon, <laughs> Frank Grillo. Like, I feel like I'm forgetting three or four very Steve important people. Steve is hard people, just but... thinking about it. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, this is going to be epic. Oh, he had already declared this was his favorite movie before it even came out. So it was a day one purchase when it was finally revealed, you know, uh, finally let loose, you know, in the middle of the pandemic for 15 bucks on Amazon Prime. I'm like, of course, take my money. Uh, oh, we had talks about like for day one, how much would you pay for it? And Steve was like, I would top it out at maybe $40. Yeah. <laughs> That's a high I ceiling. Do that. <laughs> We can and will do it for Cage. I can't make this clear enough. <laughs> would would I brave a pandemic to watch Nicolas Cage in a martial arts movie with all these people? <laughs> I mean, oh, luckily I don't have to make that choice. Okay, take my money. <laughs> we did go see Pagan Theaters. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, that, was, that was later, though. That's that was, yes. Yeah. That's it, it, it evens out, then. It evens out. I, I mean, like, I... Thing is, I remember very clearly um, when the trailer for Jiu-Jitsu dropped, and I think it was October, November 2020. And I think as of this recording, there's like um, two and a half million views on the trailer for it. And people were like, what is this? This is the movie we need to save us from the pandemic. And then you watch the trailer, and it's, it's all action, and it's kinetic, and lots of things are happening. And then Nicolas Cage is doing a flip, and he's got a wig on. I'm like, whoa. Yeah. And he's, like, announcing that he's the crazy person? Like, he's too crazy for aliens to fight? Yes, I'm in! (laughs) He's he's just confirming what we've known for years. Yes, you are too crazy for off this planet, Mr. Cage. And then... I like last year, about a year and a half ago, a random Twitter competition. I win this film on Blu-ray, free of charge. Ooh, so that's I, the way to do it. So the, I've I'm recording this episode, and I'm so sorry to you guys, but at no financial loss to myself. Um, I've broken even on this episode, if nothing else. <laughs> and then for for fifteen, sixteen months, this Blu-ray has been in the cellophane wrap. I've not even touched it. It's seen human air today. And then I watched the film, and I can call it a film that I've seen. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, we watched it day one. Mm-hmm. Uh, we watched it for a second time yesterday. <laughs> so, <laughs> but, but, but we'll, we'll we'll get into it. But I I was a. Uh, uh, let's say disappointed uh, with the <laughs> the movie the first time I watched it because you know I I I had it you know highest of yes. pedestals of course yeah but, and you know yeah. you know they 
they do Elaine Moosey wrong in this movie. They like... really do. I, th- this is, all right, I, I guess we're, go- we're getting into it. Oh, we're getting into it? Okay. This movie <laughs> was disappointing because you know every single person in it can do more. <laughs> You're so much better. <sighs> yeah, like, not one of the actors was utilized to their full potential. <laughs> you know, one of my really prevalent notes when I was watching this, and I watched this like a few hours before recording, um, it was just in all caps. Every single person in this movie has been done dirty. Yes. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I. The thing I have written down the most in this is, um, you know, uh, this comes from writer director Dimitri Longatesis, uh, who has had a long career in producing movies and directed everything from like Slaughterhouse Rock back in the eighties with Tony Basil to like Body Shot with Robert Patrick. Um, yeah, the kickboxer reboot movies they've done the last five years, you know, and, uh, you know, good stuff. Screenplay by Jim McGrath, who did three episodes of Simon and Simon, six episodes of Air America, and then apparently took the next 25 years off and then came back with kickboxer retaliation. Okay, cool. <laughs> there were dozens of times in this movie where, okay, the whole, the whole basis of it is, is, uh, there's this guy we find out his name's Jake, played by Elaine Moosey. Oh. Wait, hold on, oh, Steve, oh God, before okay. we get too deep into it. Oh, do we need a beer? We're way too sober oh, to talk okay. about this. <laughs> All right, beer up. In honor beer of our up. podcast, everything learned from movies, bad movies, good beer, funny third thing. Yep. Uh, we have something, okay, we just came back from a two-week vacation through uh, the American Midwest, uh, Cincinnati, mm-hmm. Columbus, right. Cleveland, and ending in Pittsburgh for Homebrew Con, because we're avid homebrewers. Yeah, the Homebrewers uh, Convention. And uh, there they gave out this special beer from Grist House Brewing in Pittsburgh called Brew Day Crew, which is a Kolsch-style ale. This is basically their handout for like all the uh, the attendees to like I don't know take home or try out or right. oh yeah it even has the homebrew recipe on the back so we gotta Ooh, keep this nice. and try it out later yeah but uh I guess my top oh it's top nice and it's like ASMR that crack oh right yeah. the poor <laughs> there it is yeah beautiful crystal clear beer. Wait, foamy head, lots of tiny bubbles. Tiny bubbles make me happy. It's almost got like a lemon yeah. lemon note on the nose. Well, describe to me what's going on there, because like I said yeah, before, yeah. Point, here, I've, I've some... literally got a glass of water, so I'm just trembling <laughs> with frustration over here. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, so it? so I'm taking in the aromas. It's got like a little bit of lemon. You could like you almost get more aroma off the CO two. Like you get that mm-hmm. carbonic bite on the nose. Yeah, it's kind of a Ooh. light, dry. I mean, it's a little malt for, but yeah, there's definitely like the noble hops kind of in there. Let's see what kind of hops they use in this one. Yeah, it definitely tastes more like a noble hop. Uh, G R Aurum A U R U M. Yeah, five percent mm-hmm. alpha. So yeah, yeah, like Wait. a noble style kind of hop. They ground up a Utah senator and threw him in here? Uh, that's Oren. <laughs> uh, R.I.P., but really... <laughs> good no. Yeah. No, it's a really light, dry... This is a good, like, summer beer. Something you yeah. could drink Ooh. when it's icy cold and it's, like, 100 degrees out. Yeah, I guess it's, like, porch. 5%. Oh, 4.8% alcohol by volume, so... Yeah. Not too bad. So, yeah, oh, we I'm, may have I'm... to post this recipe. Let some people make their own. Mm-hmm. I know. I'm gonna to have to like slide into the DMs and get this recipe because you're saying words, and I'm liking all of them. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds amazing. <laughs> oh, I don't know if you're aware. Steve and I are certified beer judges, so oh, 
Yeah, so supposedly we know what we're talking about. <laughs> so do you drink for a living? Uh, not really, I just live to drink. No, I drink for a hobby. <laughs> but I'm certified at it. It's not alcoholism if I've got a certification. That's I've right. got an enamel pin that says piece of paper that. says right here. Anyway, I know <laughs> what I'm drinking about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If there's two things I know, it's cage and carbonated beverages. So don't challenge me. Oh, God. Yeah. Nicholas cage cage had a beer. oh my gosh. <laughs> cage oh, beer. I think what would be what? a sour? No. <laughs> what would be the flavor of a cage beer? All right. It's got to be big and. You know what? I think it would be like a barley wine. Like it's got to yeah. be big, malt forward, be but like also hoppy. Everything same... all at once and like 12% alcohol. Right. But then there'd be something funky in there where it's like, it's a barley wine, but then. I added kiwis because I love kiwis. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever sampled guava? Uh, yeah. I think, <laughs> I, Mr. Cage is here. Oh my god. Is, is he jumping into our DMs here? What's going on? <laughs> Finally, yes. This is the comment going overhead on this podcast. This is the uh, the correlation that's happening here. I think he would have quite, I would like a just a weird out there flavor though. It'd be um it's like have have you ever considered that you could taste the color red? And then it was like, what? What? Explain that? No. And then I would just drink it anyway. Um, I think there's branding here. I think there's opportunities. I'm seeing yeah. dollar signs in my eyes. Ooh, it'd right. be uh, one of the like an IPA, but it has a durian or whatever in it. That uh... <laughs> oh, the stinky one, the stinky fruit. Yeah. You know what? It's one of those things where I feel like you'd be like, yeah, it's totally beer. And then it would just be tequila in a can. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, yes. I, I feel like that would be the most nicknage. Like somebody spilt some Colt 45 in a tequila bottle and Pretty is like, uh, success. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, he has quite the affinity with, uh, I suppose, Japan as well. So I wonder if it'd be some oh, kind yeah. of Japanese take, like a, Ooh, know, like, oh, a rice like, a, like a rice lager. Like a rice, yeah. A rice or a sake. It'd be something like a, a rice lager mixed with sake, mixed with, I don't know, passion fruit. Oh, God. Uh, yeah, passion fruit, yes. Oh, God, I just realized it's Nicolas Cage. It's going to be like a like a rice lager, like like just something super, super light, like a Sing Tao. But then it's going to have like a like crawfish boil juice in it for New Orleans. <laughs> yes. And it's big I mean, and bold and spicy. I mean, yeah, New Orleans does make sense for him, too. Yeah. <laughs> It would be served in an animal skull of some description. Yeah, oh, absolutely. either an animal skull or some sort of pyramid can. <laughs> like, like, how do you even open this? To, I'll just crack the top. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it. You'd, I feel like you'd have to solve some kind of national treasure riddle just so you could open the top of the pyramid. And then you've you've got to solve five different clues. Then you pour it into a rat skull and you're just sopping out this like little rat's mouth. Um. <laughs> I'm kind of into it, actually. I know. Right. I'm By kind the time of you drink it, it, it's like, yeah, I think it's off. <laughs> <laughs> but it's still good because right. of the experience. Exactly. It's about it's, the journey. <laughs> it's it's like, you know, $500 a pyramid, but 475 of, of that is the journey. Um, yeah. <laughs> the $25 oh. is just like, oh, whatever. And then you just pour it into your <laughs> ear or something. I don't know. Um, but there's there's no there's no way I'm drinking it through my mouth. I wouldn't disgrace it with uh, with my silly mouth. It, it, that rat skull's getting blessed. Um, it's being a, a, I don't know aerosoled or whatever into a room, and you just kind of have to breathe it in. And, yeah. yeah, you have to pay another like a thousand dollar installment to get like a a glass cube that you have to sit inside, and you just 
and ingest it through your skin. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, speaking of journey. uh, (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah. All right. So, so yeah, the whole basis of this thing is uh, it starts off with, uh, you know, this guy, Jake, Elaine Moosey running through the woods um, and he's, I don't know, being shot at by basically Predator. Let's be real. Like, it's yeah. a, yeah. it's an alien firing these, like, ninja stars that look like Celtic crosses or whatever at him. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what the deal is with that. But he, like, goes off the edge, jumps into the water, hits his head. And so the rest of the movie, he's got amnesia. And so he doesn't know what's going on. We don't know what's going on. Uh, easily 70% of the dialogue in this movie is people asking him, what are you doing here? What's the thing? Like, I don't know. I think I have amnesia. What do you mean you have amnesia? Like everybody just answering <laughs> questions with questions. And it's like, we got to stick to the plan. What plan? You don't remember the plan? It's your plan. No, I don't remember. And I, I've written down like 10 times in my notes, bitch, I have amnesia. <laughs> I don't know. Right? <laughs> just move along, guys. I know we have to drag it out to 90 minutes. Oh, wait, it's 112 minutes or something? Fuck. I know. <laughs> this was unnecessary, guys. <laughs> 85% of Jake's character arc is amnesia. I hardly know. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I was like, it, he spends most of his time, as you expertly put there, being like, uh, don't know, but can fight, or asking what go on. Me, don't know, punch, maybe. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. And then it's it, it's people dodging those weird shuriken ninja blades. And I will note as well, with an alarming consistency of people don't seem phased by them. They just whoosh past all the time. Yeah, I, I'm like, I think one of them actually hits someone, right? <laughs> like in the whole movie. <laughs> yeah, it's not a good. Yeah. Uh, it's not very accurate. Is our is our our Brax, um, who's definitely not a man in a rubber suit. Yeah, definitely uh, not. With okay, so the, yeah, the alien design too. Like, yeah, it's a. Mm. It kind of looks like like a Power Ranger villain in a way. Like, it's just like yeah, a guy in a mm. suit, but it's like yeah. the weird like leather and maybe tubes or something but then like the the mask you kind of see in and it's like a fog and uh, but it like kind of materializes eyes and a face occasionally and i'm like so is he just like a smoke cloud or something like contained within the suit yeah like the lost smoke cloud but given human martial arts form yeah and it's like oh, okay, I'll I'll go along with it. This 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 is a great premise. I'm I'm here for it. Let's uh let's keep it going. And then <laughs> okay, so uh, yeah. I mean this this is the thing like the the premise. And if you look on the poster for this, one of the pull quotes is Predator meets Mortal Kombat. And on paper, that's a really fun premise because it could be very Absolutely. over the top and cheesy and dumb fun. But then you don't really get enough of either because you've got and it's a very com well, i don't know if convoluted it's just muddled i think is the word to describe the plot an alien that comes to earth once every six years and six is such a weird number yeah. to have yeah, it's not, five, not a generation ten. like mortal Kombat. it's like eh, six years he gets he gets bored he doesn't have the patience of outworld or whatever you know yeah well yeah. and like every six years is like so nobody else noticed this except for like <laughs> two people well, yeah, like, this remote temple in Burma slash Myanmar, uh, yeah, like yeah, like but this the only pe- the yeah. only people in the entire world who know are like a fisherman and his wife, yeah, and then apparently <laughs> this elite squad of like I don't know the fucking kumites. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, it's like the Mortal Kombat one. Like they have the 
they, they go out in search mm-hmm. of these ultimate warriors and bring them back to the island or you know whatever yeah. scenario it is <laughs> i don't yeah. know i guess we'll find out in the sequel when there's an actual tournament but <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. i kind of low-key wanted this to be like a kumite thing where like oh, yeah. he had no he has amnesia because like they either pumped him up to, with too many drugs to like <laughs> kidnap him and like drag him out to fight this thing or like he got bunked on the head too hard and be like you you don't remember getting kidnapped from like i don't know working the new york like shipping port <laughs> <laughs> no yeah. It's. I mean, you'd think as well because the the film makes a big point of looking at the giant blue comet in the sky, and like no no one else no one else is seeing this. No astrologists, you've not yep. none of you none of you have yep. seen this. Okay, okay. Quick question: What the fuck does the comet have to do with anything? It's that's where he rides in on the. No, he rides in on the <laughs> fucking portal. Well, I think the comet activates the portal. It, it's like the 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 antenna, the, mm-hmm. your cell yeah. phone, cell phone antenna, yeah. or whatever. Exactly. He's he's, he's r- saddled with the little cowboy hat, just like cowboy hat in the air, riding it, <laughs> galloping on it. Um, just, Where's that scene? Just he's a space cowboy. Oh shit! <laughs> he's a space. Ready for that? He's basically Jamiroquai. He's the space cowboy. Um, <laughs> no, I've, I've solved it. The, the, the Brax is Jamiroquai. I've solved it. Yeah, yeah, um, that's it. <laughs> oh, if he started doing the little dance or whatever in the middle, he's fighting. They're like, oh shit! Ah, uh, <laughs> if he if he had just like a collection of like spiky crystal hats that just changed throughout the film, I'd have so much more respect for what I was watching. <laughs> if, they, <laughs> if they went all in, right? Uh, so, so yeah, I guess I guess the way the movie goes is yeah, Jake's picked up or yeah he's picked up by the uh, fisherman and his wife and they're like oh this white guy's mostly dead let's take him to the the military base nearby okay cool and then oh, the military oh, no, is it's like a, and she's like husband you have to do this and he's like eh i i gotta take care of these fish i i fished <laughs> I oh it, you're man. so lazy i'll do it <laughs> i do like the wife in this like yeah oh yeah she's i'm gonna great. argue she's the strongest female character in this I mean, there's there's a, there's an argument to be had there. Um, <laughs> going straight up to the army, taking no shit, saying like, "This guy's your problem now." And then, you know, I'm, I'm jumping oh. ahead a little bit here, whipping out a shotgun at the end. All right, right? <laughs> oh, but this is where this is where we meet our translator, who he's not gonna fucking stop the rest oh, of this Jesus. movie. Text played by uh, the guy from My Name Is Earl, I think. Yeah, yeah, whose whose entire thing is to sort of translate poorly and then just point actually no his two main things are translate and he is the giver of grenades that's all he does um i don't know well, what... well if he did either job well it wouldn't be that irritating <laughs> but <laughs> but it's more like she she's like given the backstory of like oh yeah every six years on uh, you know through the portal and at the temple of death or whatever blah 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 and he's like I don't know, so, something about using Comet makes you infertile? I don't know. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, remember I told you about this six years ago, 12 years ago, I, I keep telling you about this, and you're like, <laughs> this crazy lady, what's she on about? <laughs> Apparently the army has never had a decent interpreter for uh, God put me on the spot, Burmese? Uh, I mean, Mi- Mi- Myanmar ish? I-, I don't know what the, the language yeah. is. That's, and that's just it. They're not really sure if they're in Burma or <laughs> Myanmar, which also is like, 
But whatever. Uh, yeah, you know what? Though? That feels like it might be the most accurate thing in this movie. The, <laughs> the military American incompetence. Op- yeah, yeah. The <laughs> American military <laughs> occupying a country for like thirty years and not knowing the language still. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I suppose. I mean, I, I just, why? Why are are they there? It's. I think. I'm not sure why they're there, but I know it differently. Um, at two points, they just say the word plutonium quite loudly. So. <laughs> so, okay, yeah, the, the was like the the Valley of the Temples or whatever. It's like nobody goes in there because of the radiation levels and plutonium or some some jargon, whatever, blah blah blah. And I'm like, okay, cool. So roll credits. Are we done here? No, no, of course that's not. <laughs> What's yeah. the most sci-fi word we can just throw out there that sounds plausible but means plutonium. nothing? It. it, it uh, then just screaming plutonium and reminded me of a time a few years ago when I had a, a, a landlord and I'd asked them to come round to check my sink because the tap was just uh, a very violent pressure of hot squirt of water and I was like, this isn't right, this isn't how taps work. I've seen taps before, this isn't right. And obviously knowing I was right, she just turned round and in an Australian accent, because she was Australian, not just making this up to throw me off the scent, she just went, uh, Legionnaire's disease. And she just started screaming Legionnaire's disease at me. She's like, have you heard of Legionnaire's disease before? I was like, yes. She's like, oh, it's, it's an inbuilt feature to stop Legionnaire's disease. And then she left. Um, okay. So, so I was like, okay, um, I guess I'll just get Legionnaire's disease then. I don't feel we solved anything today. Um, <laughs> what I do with my dad? Wait, wait, Legionnaire's <laughs> disease that I think has only officially been diagnosed in like 40 people in the entire history of it. Most of them were in like downtown ohio <laughs> that is not where i was uh, <laughs> so i got i have i have been plutoniumed let me put it that way so i i know nonsense when i see it coming from an official source which is exactly what this was <laughs> if you just say a word loudly enough and then leave uh, who's gonna it's stop like, you yeah. ponder all that won't uh, you okay <laughs> duh it's called hashtag america right. <laughs> and ponder i did as i looked for somewhere else to live um... <laughs> all right so i i guess after a little uh, a couple just gruesome interrogation scenes where steve screaming at the table get on with it uh <laughs> we then get to i i don't know uh, oh yeah it's like a like a hot chick uh marie agravopolis or whatever i think I forget, her name's like mia or something in the movie yeah uh, the, her and elaine moosey i think are dating now good for them uh, <laughs> but uh she's like well Maybe we try the soft approach. I'm going to take him out for some air, you know, try to get on his good side. So maybe he'll start answering. And I was written down. He has fucking amnesia. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but, but while they're out for the walk or whatever, we then see this mysterious, uh, these monks just start walking in and behind him. <gasps> Holy shit. It's Ungbok, the <laughs> Mai Tai warrior. <laughs> and he just starts. Okay. I'll say this about the movie. The action scenes very well done. They know how to do an action scene. Yeah. There's only a couple parts like because we get this like one shot like follow through like Tony Jaw whooping asses and like jumping up on walls and like running across them and beating some more ass and dodging you know gunfire and doing flips and you know his Mai Tai shit where he like breaks people's limbs by like using his arm and like thinking hard. Yeah. You like hear the crunchy noises. Yeah. And then and then he's basically breaking Elaine Moosey out. And then we see, like, Elaine Moosey, like, we see the first-person POV shot of him, like, whooping ass. Like, you see, like, arms coming around. Like, it's a hardcore Henry kind of thing. <laughs> oh, Jesus. And, yeah. and the only parts where the, this, like, <laughs> messes with me is when 
you know, we're doing the first person thing and then like he'll get knocked on his ass. And then it's like, he, you know, he's obviously like handing the camera off to somebody and then we, we <laughs> yes. see him kicking some ass and then it goes back to the first person POV and it's like, just pick one, guys. <laughs> just pick one or do a cut. That's, I don't know. Yeah. It was yeah. just kind of jarring, but, but the action's awesome. I so, liked it. All right. So that scene didn't like, doesn't. So the beginning of that scene is amazing, where we see Tony Jaw just kicking ass. Yeah. And then the handoff scene is super weird. Would I do appreciate it? Well, it doesn't like necessarily work. I appreciate that at least they tried something interesting. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll definitely give them that. Like, it, at least they tried, and it's not the worst action scene I've ever seen. No. Michael Bay, you hack. <laughs> Put him on blast. Tell him. Tell him right now. He knows yeah. what he did, and he knows he can never be forgiven. That's right. <laughs> Would he we interview to... Michael Bay just because he's tangentially <laughs> known because of the rock for Nick Cage? No, or would we just... Oh, he, oh, he, gets a he, loose look, he is going to go to his grave knowing it will never be okay. <laughs> That's right. We'll do Michael Bean <laughs> instead for that rock reference. <laughs> God bless Michael I'm going to say it right now. Michael Bay, you're banned from our podcast. That's right. <laughs> I, I've 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 previously banned Daniel Day Lewis from mine for robbing Nick Cage of the Oscars in two thousand and two. So we're all making enemies here. Yeah. All, yeah, you know what, Daniel Day Lewis, you're. I just want you on the podcast with Nick Cage so we can finally find out who is the greatest living actor. Because I know technically you're still alive, even though you're retired. Mm. But he's he's the best one working. Let's let's figure it out. Ooh, Cat- you want an act off? Act off. Yeah. <laughs> Cowards retire. Come out of retirement. That's right. <laughs> yeah, right. Make fucking said it. shoes. <laughs> I fucking said it, and I'll say it again. Uh, but I think, I think to echo your points on the first person fight scenes here, because um, I had I had just eaten. I just ordered like a McDonald's to come, and I felt nauseous watching these this camera work because it was kind of like I think as you said, oh, they're trying yeah. something different. That's that's kind of interesting. Then obviously it's only for this scene. They don't keep it up for the rest of the film. This is a one-off first-person thing. But then that's what jarred me as well is that he's supposed to be in the first-person perspective of Jake and then he falls over and you're in the first-person perspective of a soldier and then you're back to Jake and then at other points it just stops and it's on a wall. And I my note was... Um, uh, I mean, just keeps dropping his GoPro here and like, pick, yeah. <laughs> pick it up. Um which, which is fine, and you, and you get, like, you know, Tony Jarge appears behind monks, and you're telling me, like, a village of soldiers, no one saw him? No one. No, no one saw him. Like, they, they do, like, the action hero sort of um muscular hand clap, high five, shake hands thing, and they're like, we gotta go, and Jake's like, I don't know you, but all right. Yeah, all right, let's walk out of here. And they just walk away, and I'm like, yep. wouldn't they be pursued by anybody, or do they just kill everybody, or I, I don't know, whatever. Yeah. Oh, by the way, if you want to see a very good one-shot action movie, uh, action shot starring Elaine Moosey and directed by the same guy, Dimitri Longathesis, watch Kickboxer Retaliation. There's a couple of them in there that are good yes. five to seven minutes, and they're well done because, you know, it's a camera guy, you know, <laughs> following Elaine Moosey while beating ass all over, you know, this, uh, it's like a, oh my god, the... Not awning. What's the the scaffolding? Yeah, scaffolding, scaffolding and yes. stuff like that. Like it's crumbling around them, and people are getting thrown off. And yeah, it's it's pretty sweet. Check it out, guys. Can't yeah. recommend it enough. I mean, they <laughs> in on like the promotional stuff of this, they do bill very heavily. This is from the director of Kickboxer Retaliation, so it's like they're trying to take a lot of good faith from Retaliation into Jujutsu. Oh, yeah. 
um, and they are uh, they are leaning heavily on retaliation, getting people in. And obviously, they, they they've got a big talented cast of martial artists here, and they can do it. Mm-hmm. But then, especially with the preceding bit with like Tony Jaa sort of just single handedly taking out a group of masked soldiers, I'm guessing they only had like four stuntmen, so they had to put masks on people so we wouldn't tell it was the same oh, person yeah. again and again and again. Um, now obviously, Tony Jaa can handle himself, I think we all know that. But then it did feel a lot like they just strapped a camera to someone, to a camera operator, and just said, just chase him, just run after him, <laughs> and, and try and keep up, getting close. And then there was one bit as well where uh, he he jumps behind a wall and you don't oh, sort yeah. of see the fighting and then you just hear like, duh, 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 duh. and then someone gets kicked through a door and then an explosion just happens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I think I know the exact scene where it's like, it shows him like jumping down. There's like five guys with like AK-47s like pointed at him as he's like jumping down, but it goes that... Uh, the camera goes like the other side of the wall and so you just hear like ah, like all this <laughs> and then there's like another soldier guy like on the other side of like a door on the wall or whatever just like oh it sounds like they got him and then Tony Jaw comes through with his fucking knee like plow through the door and hitting this guard guy and and then yeah there's an explosion on the other side of the wall or something it's like yeah <laughs> it's like I want to see what happened on that side of the wall did Tony Jaw cram a grenade in a man's ass like that's the only way <laughs> That makes the, any sense to me. It's the theater of the mind, baby. <laughs> what what didn't happen on the other side of that wall? Yeah, <laughs> it's it's just insane. And, and I will say, I think you touched. Yeah, you both touched on this earlier as well. That a lot of the fight scenes are perfectly serviceable and quite well done. I think my issue is, um, well, I suppose a few things. I mean, one. And not to try and sort of like rip too hard. There's obviously budgetary oh no, rip constraints. It, rip it. I'm going to rip really hard. There's obviously budgetary constraints. How dare they? Because there's there's too, there's just too much slow mo. There's I don't need slow mo every time a kick connects. I don't need slow mo every time there's like a spinning roundhouse. There's like obviously I, After Effects CGI. There's the bullet time bullets going past, and the the the, the bullets themselves look like lasers, um, and a lot of stuff. Even like the CGI on on uh, Brax the alien, it all looks cheap. Like if this was, you know, I think we said earlier, he, Brax looks like a very Power Rangers villain. If this was like a Power Rangers fanfic that had been crowdsourced and put out on YouTube, I'd be like, you know what, that was really good. That was really well done considering. But this is like a twenty five million dollar movie. Yeah. You would you wouldn't know. Um, well, okay, so it's twenty five million dollar movie. Five million of that went to Nicolas Cage for his three days of shooting. Notice we haven't mentioned Nicolas Cage in the movie yet. Because <laughs> <laughs> he, 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 Nicolas Cage doesn't turn up till 40 minutes into the movie. And I, I read this as well. A five week shoot, Cage was there for the first three days, scores five mil. And I say, you know what? Fair yeah. play. Yeah. Fair play to you. But you get stuck in though, and obviously we'll we'll get to Nick Cage in just a moment. But I will say, um, the director said in an interview that Cage probably did about eighty percent of his own stuff, um, and he's getting oh, stuck like in. Yeah, because obviously, I mean, obviously in, in like the long shots, it's quite yeah. clearly a much younger, slimmer man in a wig. Um, yeah. It's inescapably a different person. Um, but in the closer shots, when they I think when he's having that fight with Jake in the little rabbit hole bunker thing. Um, they're doing some like close-up stuff, and I think he does some meandering sword work later on as well. 
Um, so he's he's doing a little bit in there. Like he's 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 working for his five mil. We can't take that from him. Oh yeah. Here's here. I mean, that's just it. Like Nicholas Cage never half-asses it. This is it. This is the thing. Yeah, like, like if you're paying Nicolas Cage five million dollars, like whether or not you're utilizing him to his full extent is a director problem. But he will give you everything like he he can give you. Yeah, absolutely, and I think that the way we've been describing it so far, because I think at this point we're twenty twenty five minutes into the film, <laughs> and that, it's yeah. and it's been a lot of it's basically been. This kind of a sci-fi plot in the background that a fisherman's wife has tried to explain, but mostly it's been uh, point of view, Tony Jaa, uh, maybe, and it's been lots of flippy, kicky stuff, and um, Jake has a history, and he's been truth serumed, and he has muscle memory, and this cartoon blood that comes out when people get kicked and punched and all this stuff, and... <laughs> and um, the telltale sign of a great production is uh, those classic kung fu whooshing sound effects. Anytime anyone does a punch, going. <laughs> it's like, I don't think punches make that sound in real life. You can't lie to me, Dimitri. Not again. <laughs> so, what happened? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, Jake and Tony Jaw, they're, they're. I don't even know if Tony Jaw has a name in this movie because I don't think he says a fucking line either. But mm. uh, they, they walk away and. Like this, uh, what looks to looks to be like SEAL Team Six or whatever pops up out of the grass, and it's like led by Frank Grillo and Juju Chan's in there too. But there's like four or five guys, and they're like, "Jake, where have you been, man?" And he's like, "Wait, what? What? What happened? What? What? what, what who are you guys? I don't know you." Like, well, we got to stick to the plan. What plan? You don't know the plan? Who it's are you? Plan. Are you? Are you kidding <laughs> me right now? And as I've written down, shut the fuck up and answer a question. <laughs> <laughs> T- take a drink every time Jake's reminded that he can't remember shit. Yeah, uh, don't. That's the most poisoning. <laughs> that's the, that's the most clear way to make this interesting. This is the thing they they're running away. I said I don't think half the characters have a name unless you look on like Wikipedia or something. Because I don't think I don't even think Cage's character gets officially named. I could be wrong. I, I, but... I they do mention Wiley. Uh, like once or twice and i'm like who the fuck is that oh nick cage okay (laughs) (laughs) i mean i think i got roundhouse kick blindness because i definitely just like glazed over a few times in this film going i need i I just i just need something of substance to happen please i mean okay uh here we go uh frank grillo what do you think his character's name is it's harrigan Uh, how about juju chan yeah carmen Nope. I, I don't think Carmen was ever mentioned. Like like, like I said, the, the Marie Agravopoulos... Uh, oh, her name's apparently Myra. I think that was mentioned once. Uh, Tex we know. Uh, Tony Jaa is Kyung. Yeah, that was never said. No. Uh, Rick Yoon, who shows up for a cameo. Captain Sand. What? <laughs> yeah, anyway. Uh, <laughs> it, it kind of shows, though. It, I think it speaks to a broader point with the issue of this movie, is that it does... You know, you've got a big cast of supposedly humanity's finest warriors here um, who just like hiding in wheat fields, apparently. Um, and they, they're they supposed to be the best of the best, and it does so little to make you care, even about Jake, really, that they're not named. You have to go on the internet to find their names, and when they die, it's kind of like... <laughs> a lot of the times the deaths are, I think, unintentionally quite funny. 
and then you just don't care when they're getting like killed off by Brax. Um, and it, yeah, re- there, it's really unceremonious. Yeah, well, I think there, it, like this scene in particular, there's like a thing where like we see like the the you know Brax POV like with the you know the predator kind of like infrared, some sort of weird vision or whatever. So it's like okay, that's the alien. We get it. Yeah, and then like one of the guys is like dragged through the wheat field or whatever to like you know you soon be killed like you know torn apart by raptors or something. I don't know, <laughs> but but instead like he's just dragged for like a quarter mile and then like hops up and is like, "What the fuck was that?" And like there's no fighting, and then they're like, "All right, cool, let's get out of here." And then they like go to the nearest road, and that's when I guess the military starts showing up and like, "Hey, that's our guy, give him back." And then we get the the little fight scene, but it's like, was Brex just kind of fucking with him we find out later like oh yeah he's trying to get everybody to go back to the temple for some reason for uh, uh, did we even mention why brax wants to find him we don't don't know at this point in the movie yeah well yeah we're not gonna know until they just kind of shit it about the end of the second (laughs) act just okay that stick all right (laughs) i don't think if we if we ever really know like truly a hundred percent no full stop of them like it's an alien. It's just kind of what he does. It's it's classic yeah. Brax. It's his thing. Yeah, he shows up every six yeah. years for his little vacation or whatever, it and has he's for like for apparently thousands uh, of years. Yeah, thousands of years. He gave us the chosen jujitsu, the the most incredible of martial arts. And but, by the way, a lot of sword play in this in gunplay and weapons play for jujitsu, which is kind of more like judo and like MMA, like holds and we're, we're, flips would you and say shit. Jujitsu, like basically translates to no weapons yeah it it, 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 it it's like clean art or something like that but it's it's very much like yeah no weapons just just using your your body and like the momentum and stuff like that to you know defend yourself for survival or whatever i don't know but yeah it, it, so it's like oh yeah space guy with firing celtic crosses and you know wolverine healing ability and he just wants to come every six years to take on the top eight or nine fighters in the world and you know cripple them maybe kill them depending on how much honor they show in the fighting and it's like (laughs) okay but but, uh, yeah i I don't know if i want to reveal the the whole premise for why he's going around in the world doing all this now but (laughs) do we want to save it or do we just want to throw it out there because there's basically the next 40 minutes of this movie is them just kind of walking around occasionally getting in fights running into nicholas cage and i don't know <laughs> well, do you just want to skip to that part <laughs> well I, th- I, th- I think we'll get there because i still have some issues with the whole like wheat thing and you know what i think they said the idea is that brax is trying to get them to go back to the temple yeah but then yeah. they're just getting indiscriminately attacked by the alien two of them get like electric blasted and then they just stand up and like Nah, that's cool. We'll just carry on as we were. And they're like, yeah. um, and, <laughs> and then they just start fighting the army with a, a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle assortment of weapons. Yeah. Um, there's like a staff and then there's there's a nunchucks. Um, yeah, there's the night sticks that Tony Jaw uses or whatever. <laughs> yeah. The little sticks and Jake is captured again. Um and then you just, I don't understand why, like, why none of the chosen jujitsu came back for Jake because they were all still there. They were just off camera, just waiting on the side of the road, whilst everyone got a turn fighting. And then they they what made me laugh is that like there was no need for I don't know what the need for them to hide in the wheat field was because they just like pop up like gophers 
And my note was like, apparently with these are the wheat warriors now. We just hide in <laughs> in cornfields and just pop up uh, as we yeah, see fit. I, I just kind of assumed that was the meetup. Like, the, they basically told Tony Jaa, like, hey, go bust him out of there. And, you know, when you guys make it out alive, not if, because you're Tony Jaa and Elaine Moosey, uh, meet, meet us back here and we'll, I don't know, pop up, Jack in the Box, surprise him. Yeah. I don't that, know. Yeah, that seemed to be it. And then, then there's just kind of a... a I don't know, just a scene of soldiers getting laid wasted with the Celtic cross guns. And yeah. the, my favourite thing here is that, like, the, the stars, the Celtic crosses are just being shot and then the whizzing past soldiers and the soldiers don't seem to take any notice of them. And then Jake is like, there's, there's two soldiers that walk ahead and Jake goes, they need to stop or they'll get themselves killed. Half, yeah. not even a full second later, half a second later, screaming, explosions, the soldiers are dead. Yeah. Um, and then... <laughs> Captain Sam gets a fight. It moves very quickly, and you're just like, uh, where's where's Nick? Where's Nick? Yeah, Please. Right. It doesn't give you time to think, because you, you you think when, you know, when the initial fight there in the wheat field where they rolled up in Hummers, and I'm like, why aren't they just taking the Hummers back to the base? They gotta walk through this magical fucking jungle that they found to get to base. Like, I don't know. What happened to the wheat fields? Yeah, or <laughs> the Hummers. Just hop back in there, throw them in the back, and drive off. Just roll credits. No, I don't know. But <laughs> maybe that will be against alien politics to use a vehicle because Ugh. we get we get alien politics nine through fifteen. I want to know what's one through eight. That's uh, my question. Is it is it no cars? Um, is uh, it you, you've got to bow to the alien if he respects you? I uh, think number one, phone home. Number two, uh, <laughs> if it bleeds, we can kill it. Uh, number uh, three. <laughs> uh, uh, blast the bitch from orbits. The only way to be sure. <laughs> I, I mean, I think alien politics, at least number eight, is you will give Nicholas Cage as many chances to restart the fight as he wants. Yeah, he took a lot of mercy on Nick Cage, and I, I respected. I respected Brax for that. Oh, he knows who yeah. the star is. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we all do. And speaking of, forty minutes in. Uh, Nicholas Cage finally appears. How was it for, for for you guys when when we finally get a confirmed Golden Hog sighting? <laughs> oh, when when Elaine Moosey's running through the jungle and falls into a hole, and like, oh, it's the secret lair of Hermit Ninja Nicholas Cage. Okay, I'm in. <laughs> right? <laughs> like, well, I, I wish I were that lucky going on a hike. I just want wow. the movie that's that. The life of Hermit Ninja Nicholas Cage. Like, him just, like, I don't know, arguing with, like, a raccoon that's stealing shit out, of, like, stealing his food. and Nicholas yeah. Cage in a Winnie the Pooh movie. That I want Nicholas yes. Cage in the Thousand Acre Woods or oh whatever. Oh my god. <laughs> I like to imagine, like, just the prequel to his story was just Pig. And then suddenly he's fighting. Oh, the yes. <laughs> and oh then, shit. And then he goes perfectly. to Myanmar. He accidentally gets abducted by aliens. They decide it, he's too crazy to live. <laughs> Went hunting for truffles. Got hunted that totally, himself. That totally checks out. I'd, I'd be down. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. who knew the seedy underbelly of Portland and its oh, fight club scenarios it has all the time? Oh, I'm sorry. Is that a future episode? Never mind. Spoilers. Spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm. I'm just saying there are links here. There are there are Cajun links. This is all a connected universe. I've talked the about yeah. uh, the Nicolas Cage multiverse of sadness before, and this is <laughs> it's all linked. It's all linked. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. So we've we've officially discovered that Pig is a prequel to Jiu-Jitsu, <laughs> uh, which, you know, given the arcs of these characters, checks out. Absolutely yeah. checks out, and I cannot be swayed. I cannot be swayed otherwise. <laughs> um, 
But then when we get Cage, and then the first thing he does, he immediately throws a blade at Jake. And I'm like, all right, finally, something interesting is happening. We've got an interesting character here, people. And it's only taken 40 minutes. Um, what did you think <laughs> of the of, of the Jake and Cage um, fight slash display, uh, displays here of newspaper hats? Yeah, the newspaper hats thing, I was like... I wonder if Nick wrote that in himself. Like, he just kind of improved it or whatever. Oh, I feel like half of Nicolas Cage... Based on the dialogue of all the other characters, Nicolas Cage improved all of his lines. I can see it. <laughs> yeah. I don't think he could He's be like, contained. I, I don't want to just ask a bunch of questions back and forth for the next five minutes, so I'm going to improv. Is that cool? Look, and of course, my, my yes, Master. Look, look, my character's already asked him if he can remember anything. I don't think I need to ask it seven more times. Instead, I, I think I'm just going to, like... Talk about how I'm too crazy to, like, be around aliens. <laughs> I mean, I say, Nick Cage, if you are taking a fifth of this film's budget, then you are owed a fifth of the dialogue as well. Right? <laughs> <laughs> as is your right. It's like, okay, Nick, so in this shot, we just need you to sort of sit in the chair and just look uh, quite eccentric. And he goes, and it, suddenly he's going, my hat, it has three corners. And he's just like... <laughs> He's just doing his own thing, like, roll, roll, roll right now. Um, he just starts reciting other random movies. Like, like he's, he starts quoting Miami Connection or some shit. Like, <laughs> my mother was Korean. My father was Black American. <laughs> like, oh, please go, Nicolas Cage. Please, please continue. <laughs> it's people. Soylent Hog is people. <laughs> just... Just read to me, Nick. That's what I want from this film. I want you to read to me. Um, but I will say he gets, I think, really the only quotable stuff from this movie. Um, yeah, again, I think that's why I think he made up his own lines, because the major problem with this is, is the script, right, guys? Yeah, more, 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 like more the, the dialogue, dialogue than like, anything. Yeah, really, really kills a lot of the momentum. Mm. Yeah, so it's it's Nicholas Cage who sort of. I feel I can't even really call him the glue based and everything else. He's he, he's more just like that, like a blue tack or just a frayed <laughs> a frayed string uh, atop a, a candle flame that's holding this together. Um, but it's just coming apart at the seams. I mean, he he is the one who basically figures out that none of the other chosen jujitsu could that uh, Jake has got amnesia. He's not all there in the head. Like his mind's all messed up. He's crazy, like me. Um, and like, yeah, that's the that's the scene you put in the trailer to get my attention. <laughs> yeah. Uh, then uh, yeah, they they're like walking to the temple, but then they have to split up for some reason because I guess they decide like, hey, we're gonna fight this Brax, but we're not going to do it at the temple. We're going to split up and whatever. Whatever. Jake goes off with team fodder, as I have him written down in my notes, because it's like... it's Smells like, like team fodder? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, basically, Tony Joff, Frank Gorilla, Juju Chan, all the stars, they go off on one team, and they're like, well, Jake, since you're the lead, you go with the rest of the unnamed characters, <laughs> Since you we'll know the plan, happens. right? Because it was your plan? I what? don't remember anything! Yeah, yeah, it's like, well, maybe, maybe the fodder do. But yeah, uh, yeah. Basically, Brax shows up, starts. I don't know. They have like a sparky little sword fight and like roundhouse kick, 
the one guy is like like totally doing like roundhouse kicks and shit like that, but then I guess he nicked his inner thigh on a blade while he was spin kicking or something. I I don't know. It yeah, shot he, a little weird. So this is so what I got from the scene was we see that Brax is sort of weak if he gets hit in the face. Because oh, he sort okay. of starts like stuttering for a second. So the guy keeps doing it and then Brax just Brax like just has enough momentum to sort of just pull out the blade and the guy basically slices his big artery in his leg. Yeah. Like his femoral like himself. But yeah, they didn't shoot it the greatest. So it's just sort of like did he is he peeing himself? What's happening? (laughs) (laughs) It bleeds when he pees. And then okay and also in this scene Brax is like firing the Celtic cross things at at the guys and killing them. Well like I thought you spent like five minutes of the movie talking about how he wants fair play only and blah blah blah, and they're not even using guns, but he's just like whatever, toot toot soup. Yeah, uh, Brax, which is it? Brax is <laughs> is very lenient with his own rules of honor. He'll bow to some people, um, but then others he'll he'll shoot across at you if he straight up disrespects you. Um, yeah. He will bow to you if you're Nicholas Cage. If you're anywhere in between that metric, so basically on the far bottom end, it's a soldier. The top end of respect is Nicolas Cage. If you're in the middle, then you're either going to get stabbed, blasted in the face, or he's going to touch you with a hot hand and and scold He's going to melt your face off and then snap your neck. (laughs) He's going to snap a neck and cash a check is what he's going to do. That's Um, right. So it's there's no rhyme or reason as to who he he's going to respect and who he's just going to just absolutely raw dog in a fight. Um, some people he'll roll around with on the floor and he'll give you a good little, I guess a jujitsu-ish yeah. kind of yeah, scrap. The, that That's the one bit of like jujitsu in the movie when they start doing like the MMA like arm bars and stuff but of course because he's Brax he just kind of like lifts the guy like right out of it like nope you're, I'm too strong for this shit and then like <laughs> I, I don't know backbreaks them or you know tosses them into a tree or some shit so at some point like right around here we find out that basically like the more brax respects you the more he wants to draw the fight out so i guess the guys he just chops their heads off he has no respect for yeah and then um and then except for i think we're almost there that we find out a he doesn't respect Elaine Moosey, but he wants Elaine Moosey to suffer, so he's yeah. going to kill everybody in front of him, then kill him? Kill everyone you love, and then I'm going to fight you and finish you or something? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, Wiley sort of lays out, well, as we said, Alien Politics 9 through 15 is about basically, if you give Brax the fight he wants and you die bravely, then he won't destroy a town. Which is very small scale, considering... Yeah. It's it's basically he'll come through the portal. He'll look for the chosen jujitsu. We don't know how the chosen jujitsu are selected, or how they came together, or how they're aware of Brax or anything like that. And there seems to be the has to he has to fight specifically nine jujitsu per excursion. Um, but if you offend him or don't give him the fight that he wants, he'll just destroy a small town. He won't go on world conquest. That's not his deal. He'll keep well, yeah, it localized. Well- he he has the hunting license for nine jujitsu masters, and, you know, from the uh, intergalactic uh, bureau of land management or whatever. And so he's he, he's he's getting those those nine skins, right? Uh, yeah. All the other guys they 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 attacked me. It was self defense. The the deer was coming right for me. That kind of thing. Yeah. And then, uh, but but it but it's like oh, but 
you know, if things don't go as planned, then it's like, well, fine, I'm just going to leave by a little bomb. And you can't blow up the whole planet. Like, no, no, no. You have to you burn know. out the den. Like, the, yeah. like oh. it's like when you're hunting. Like, if you can't, okay. if you can't catch all of them, then you just have to burn out their den and try and, like, smoke, them, some, out. smoke them out for next time so they won't infest that area. Okie dokie. Yeah, see? Like when my dad lit all the bees on fire in the ground. Not the yeah, bees. The the how'd that, how'd that work out? Besides was... flaming bees taken out of house. <laughs> You're invoking the wickermouth. <laughs> True story. We had uh, hornets that built a ground nest. Like they dug a little hole right. and they were like in the side of a hill. So my dad was a little drunk. He squirted like <laughs> half a can of uh, a fire starter down the hole, lit a match and threw it in. Turns out hornets can fly when they're on fire. So they all flew That's out. That's terrifying. We had goats at the time because we had a goat farm, and so they were chasing the goats. And then they flew towards the house. And my dad stuck my like nine year old sister on the roof with a hose to keep the house from burning down. This is a biblical event that you are describing. This is incurring the wrath of God. Right. This is like a Thursday night at my house when I was a child. Like the third curse of Ramses was flaming wasps. <laughs> Oh. But the wasps didn't go back to the, the nest. Okay. <laughs> Jesus. Rule seven of the Golden Hogacies do not invoke bees in his presence, or your goats will suffer a flaming consequence. Oh. Jesus, that's ter- that's terrifying. That's nightmare inducing. <laughs> where's where's that shirt, babe? <laughs> <laughs> The more Steve finds out about my childhood, the more he realizes why I am the way I am. The more it makes sense. That's true. (laughs) Piecing these bits together. um, Getting that that honeycomb puzzle, if you will. Making it all make sense. (laughs) Jesus. Uh, Speaking of uh, tying the pieces together. Okay, Elaine Moosey. Now, 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 Jake. He's alone. Uh, Team Fodder has been killed off by uh, Brax or whatever. And Jake in the Jake fashion is running the fuck away. Uh, but then he, I, I must've looked down cause all I heard was a thud and he was like, you know, like faded to black. Like he got knocked out. I'm like, of course he's alone. He immediately got knocked out. And, th- and then when he wakes back up, Rick Yoon is still alive. Cause he got the, the flaming hand to the face or whatever earlier in the movie. But luckily he came back to basically say, uh, Hey, you know, we've been following this guy for 24 years uh, the only weakness we found is it takes him about five or six seconds to heal Wolverine style. Anyway, I'm going to go yeah. die now, I, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, hi, I'm Captain Sands. Here's some exposition and a sword. You're welcome. Um, yeah. And then he just pieces out and and dies, yeah. um, basically. And Jake just calmly walks off screen mm-hmm. and then apparently walks right into Nicolas Cage at a campfire. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to say this must be near the <laughs> temple where their end destination was or something. Uh, that's the reason he found him. I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, the, the round, the, uh, the campfire, and then you get the flashback to the very start of the film that basically Jake is a coward and he yeah. ran away when um, Brax came through the portal um, um <laughs> Wiley's just like he's not even trying to sugarcoat it. It's like, oh no, everyone thinks you're a coward. Everyone thinks you suck. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you you could not be less liked if 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 I just started if I pulled my hog out and started pissing on people. Honestly, you scum around here. 
We call you the scum. We call you the scum jitsu, actually. Um, but for some reason, we're all uh, gonna follow your plan. Yeah, the one that we also adamantly refuse to tell you what it is. Yeah, we're not even gonna give you hints or clues or anything. Like you just kind of have to remember it if you want. <laughs> all we're gonna tell you is that you're a rabbit, and then that's gonna not make any more sense later in the film. We're never gonna address that. So here we are, Jake, you loser. Um, oh, and then we also find out that Cage apparently fought Brack six years ago. Uh, but, appar- but apparently he froze up too, and he was like, yeah, he thought I was crazy, and there's no honor in killing crazy, so as, as long as he thinks I'm crazy, we're cool, you know? Like, <laughs> he-, he doesn't want anything to do with me. Cage pleaded insanity and got off scot-free. Um, yeah. Like, he was good. Cage was good. He could have gone home, but he decided to stick around and just do some flips and make paper hats. Yeah. Uh, so... I think if they if they maybe they'd expanded that a bit more because there's there's a much more interesting backstory with Cage's character here. Um, even if they had I don't know they they had the stunt people available to do like a, a young Cage kind of thing. So like, why have I got to see uh, Jake running away when I can see young Cage and have a redemption arc? They're like a fuller redemption arc. To, to be fair, it's like six years younger Nick Cage, so we're talking like. USS Independent uh, Indianapolis or whatever era Nick Cage. So like, yeah. has anything really changed we since twenty fourteen? Like, you could have just trimmed him up, give him the shorter hair and whatnot to be quote right. unquote, younger Nick Cage. <laughs> he's, he's had the same face now for about fifteen years. He just yeah. one day he just went like oh smooth beautiful Cage, and then he just had like pronounced wrinkles on his cheeks. It's like you just there was no in between. He just advanced. Yeah, it sort of just collapsed, and, and now he's uh, even more distinguished. He's a gentleman, a gentle hog. We call him uh, in a uh, <laughs> <laughs> <The> gentle hog. <laughs> doth, doth the cap to my, my to my golden leader. Uh, what happens here? Oh yeah, so, yeah. Basically, he says like, "Well, well, I guess now he's just gonna mess with you and kill everyone you like, and then he's gonna kill you, and then instantly flop, a dead body is thrown. It's like one of the the fodder guys from earlier. So it's like, <laughs> oh, Brax is listening to this whole conversation and just kind of watching from the shadows, right? But yeah. then Tony Jaw just kind of walks into screen. It's like, did Tony Jaw throw the body? <laughs> I'm like, yeah. why is he alone? And then the rest of the team kind of enters screen. It's like, oh, okay, <laughs> what? Tony Jaws had a fight off screen apparently because he's got like a like a little burnt shoulder or something. So he might have had a fight with oh yeah Brax, but that's never established. Um, he just rocks up, sort of hobbling. My favorite bit is when the body falls into shot, like obviously dead, dead as fuck. Like he just walks. Yeah. Jake walks over to him and checks for a pulse. I'm like, come on, man, yeah. <laughs> you gotta. I, cut I the think losses. I made the joke where he like looked back at Cage. I went, he's dead, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> You gotta gotta cut the losses on that one. Um and then Brax clears out um at least three more of the jujitsu here. Uh, no, two. The, he fights three but kills two of them. Because Juju Chan is blocking ninja stars with nunchucks like a goddamn um like the reflexes of, of an absolute monster just go yeah just like deadpool with swords or whatever just like bullets fuck that cling 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 (laughs) every time yeah but and then there's the other lady who i assume has a name but i don't know who she is or whatever maybe girlfriend no no the other one the one with long hair yeah i don't know yeah it's it's not important it's not and then frank grillo comes in with his knives or whatever but he ends up getting killed and (laughs) 
I found this scene incredibly funny. Um, <laughs> as the lady with the long hair gets thrown into the spikes and sandwiched. Hilarious. Yeah. Frank yeah. Grillo throws a knife at uh, Brax, who then uses to cut someone else's throat. Hilarious. And yep. then Frank Grillo says, you know, don't back down, double down. So far, the knives have not worked. What am I going to do? Pulls out two more knives and then uh, gets immediately killed. Um, yeah. Very, very... Um, I felt bad for Frank Grillo, because of the jiu-jitsu, he was my favourite. He was the one that had at least a bit of gravitas, I felt. Yeah. But then he fl- he flips the double birds, gets... Yeah. <laughs> Falcon kicked slow-mo backwards. I'm like, well, this shouldn't have been as funny as it was. But Frank... <laughs> Frank you Grillo, almost expect like a soundbite of like, yoo as they're like <laughs> off screen. Like a, like a goofy, yoo <laughs> Exactly. Uh, Frank Grillo deserved better. He deserved a better death. I think that's my that's my takeaway here. I don't know about you. Yeah. But, you know, I... I assume, I assume Frank Grillo was there for maybe five days of shooting, <laughs> as much as he's in the movie, and he, he probably got a nice two, three mil, so good for him. <laughs> yeah, he, he did he did well, Frank Grillo. Um, yeah. And then Brax just disappears. He doesn't like fighting like one after the other. He likes to have a little break. He just does that, I don't know, that kind of like million dollar man going running away that it'll whoop 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 yeah 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 out he's the million shadows behind him yeah he's i mean realistically he is the million dollar zoidberg oh shit he was a he was a shrimp under the whole time he's shrimply amazing shrimply the best is is what is what brax is um and then we get and this was kind of um, a fight scene which I thought I was going to be a bit more excited for because eventually we get to Tony Jar and Jake versus Brax. I was like, okay, yeah. more Tony Jar's never a bad thing. Sign me up for that. And what sort of... And it was fine. It was one of the better fights I thought. But I think what took me out is that they were fighting through that stone archway, uh, quite a limited sort of set to work with, and at certain points you could just see the stone just wobbling when they yeah. got kicked in, when they got kicked yeah. into it, and I was like, "Oh God, any good faith I have is gone again." We still don't know what the plan is for Jake here, other than just to run as the rabbit. Yeah. Yeah, basically Tony Jaw gets like thrown into a boulder and the boulder shatters or whatever. So like Tony Jaw's like out, like like he's not dead or whatever. He's like, ah, I can't move, uh, and like finally rests or whatever. <laughs> but then yeah, Jake just starts running off. But then uh, like Nick Cage like stabs the spaceman or whatever last minute, and then we get the real boss battle: Cage versus Spaceman. Yes, <laughs> which is. Uh, you know, like somehow the best fight in the film because, again, we've said before. Um, I think on the very close-up stuff, Cage is wielding the sword and he's doing some little spins and stuff. Obviously, far away, it's clearly a stunt man. Um, but they bow to each other. They have some honor there. They do some ground scrapping. They pretzel their legs together. Cage is flipping about. <laughs> oh meow. But I like that Cage gets knocked down maybe 15 times and every time is like, come on, buddy. Brax is like, come on, get back up, champ. I've got time for you. I've got time for you. I'll wait, I'll wait. Here's your sword back. But the flip side of that is that Cage gets gets fucked up. He gets beaten up so bad. 
Yeah. Well, his stunt double gets fucked up, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think what I did extra appreciate now I'm thinking of it though is like obviously Cage didn't have to do this, but in the scenes again where it's clearly a stunt double or a stunt man operating in his guise, Cage was doing like the voice work, like like ah ah ah. So like he's he's given it all to make it seem like a fuller scene, like it's still him. Um, even when he gets his his back broken over Brax's knee, that's a hard sentence to say. Back broken, yeah. Brax's knee, um, like Batman Bane style. He gets his oh, yeah. throat slit. I was hoping for like one more just guttural cage scream as the blood was going, <laughs> and that would have taken it from like one and a half to two stars for me on cage scream. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah what, it's the backbreaker, throat slash, and then uh, Brax just kind of like rolls the body off of his knee, like, like, and then just kind of like walks away or whatever. And I'm like, <laughs> gangster death right there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Body drop. Yeah. Uh, Wiley got, you know, he got executed. There's, there's no two ways about it. Um, I think what I will say about Cage, uh, and this is what you touched upon earlier as well, that like, he, there's a good chance that he's acting in a completely different film <laughs> to everyone yeah. else here, but he gives it a hundred percent. So you know, he's he's doing some of the stunt work, and he's the, and I can't stress this enough. This is not sort of like me trying to you know undercut anyone else, but he is the most watchable part of this film, um, and in the kind of like the the Yoda sort of sage character that he has. I wasn't expecting him to be in the film as long as he was. He actually got more screen time than I was expecting him to have. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, he got about as much as I expected. I I watch a lot of these, like, straight-to-DVD martial arts movies and stuff where it's always like, oh, yeah, Jean-Claude Van Damme is in this and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, he's really in, like, eight minutes of this 85-minute movie. But, you know, it's a pivotal role, so whatever. Or, you know, Dolph Lundgren, kind of the same thing. And... I don't know, but uh, but yeah, he, he he gave it his all, and I mean, in this movie, it 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 stands out. But but again, it's just because I think he made his own dialogue. <laughs> the the I, I can't stress this enough, guys. The dialogue is bad, but the the, the rest of it, it's like as as long as yeah, it's Predator meets Mortal Kombat, starring some of the biggest action names, just saying stupid stuff between fight scenes. You can tolerate it. Yeah. It's the second time I watched it. First time I, I was kind of angry, but it was <laughs> yeah. better on definitely better on second review. But again, it's frustrating because you have the greatest, some of the greatest living martial artists on the planet together, and they're not doing everything they could be doing. Yeah, nobody is fully utilized in this movie. But oh my gosh, what happens next after Nicolas Cage's fatality? <gasps> We then immediately cut to nighttime where they're having like a memorial service or whatever mm-hmm. for him. And uh, I think it's Juju Chan or whatever is like t- talking to Jake. And he's like, he acted crazy to help you. And he's like, why? Why would you want to help me? You don't know? You really don't remember, do you? He's your father. <gasps> what? Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> yeah. it's not true that's impossible <laughs> you know the thing is I was so bored at this point that I missed one of the biggest twists in the film I missed this entirely I was like ah, <laughs> oh, ah. I was I was, I was was fighting for my own life um, to try and stay conscious at this point and yeah. I, mi- I missed the twist that Nicolas Cage was Jake's dad but then like, I sort of read about it afterwards I was like 
this did not affect my enjoyment of the film in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. <laughs> I did nothing. I did nothing. Well, it's very easy to miss because immediately after saying this, they just kind of look at each other and then they start making out. And I'm like, whoa, that's how you handle <laughs> grief, I guess. Yeah. In, uh, in the words of, like, uh, of one of our favorite podcasts, Happily Ever Aftermath. So when did they fall in love? I guess when we found out <laughs> the, the corpse they were commemorating was actually his father. And then it's like, well, <laughs> bang them while you got them, I guess. <laughs> in Bermuda, grief is an aphrodisiac. Um, that is, uh, that is a lie. Please be muted or not. Cancel me. Um, oh, oh no. If, if there's one thing we've learned from movies on our podcast, if you have a sad story, that's like oh. a one way ticket to pound town. Absolutely. Like, <laughs> oh yeah. Like, like if you're sharing like your whole, like, you know, I was raised to blah, 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 abuse, blah, blah, blah. Then they died and I've been struggling ever since then. It's like, get inside of me. <laughs> <laughs> that's how women work pretty much right? <laughs> nothing makes me rage like cops baby yeah um so that's that's movie logic people don't question it now um but yeah like i i, I tuned back in at the kiss i was like duh, duh. i was like what why what happened? Huh? so like they're sort of it's very forced this romantic connection between jake and carmen and it's kind of implied earlier when she's like just just touching his body, when she's yeah, just him. Right. like ooh, firm. I'm like, yeah, okay, so so they're banging, right? Okay, cool, got so, it. So like but... like that's just it. Is back to like the the script is rough. Like if they had a relationship <laughs> beforehand or whatever, like I don't know, they could have taken a moment to have a seat, like have a scene with a girl in it where she's like. You know, it like you know, like oh, I, like I can't believe he doesn't even remember that we've been married for four years or like yeah. some bullshit. Yeah, yeah, they 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 could have taken just a quick beat just to establish any anything, literally anything. Um, I know we keep talking about this, but the only thing they establish about Jake is that he doesn't remember things. I was like, I need yeah. you to remember, right. and you know, just like jumping ahead a few minutes here. The, the the way that he remembers that he can fight is because he gets choked. He gets choked so hard his memories yeah. come back. <laughs> I believe that's called uh, autoerotic uh, memory retention or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, have we addressed the uh, the comic book scenes? No, we have not. No. Because, like like transitions or whatever. Yeah. Which yes. I don't hate. But were not used enough to make it a thing. They were just enough to be jarring. Yeah, I. I like it because it's basically like chapters, but the yeah. the thing is it'll like transition from like picture end one scene to the beginning of the other, but like the panel is like, it was like the feet of the monks as they were like walking or whatever. I'm like, that's <laughs> not a panel in a comic. I, okay. But when it goes back to live action or whatever, yeah, it starts to feed and then it pans up to show that they're monks. And I'm like, if you're going to do the comic thing, do the fucking comic thing, you know? Yeah. They, they use it <laughs> yeah. better in the second half of this movie, like right around Nicolas Cage's death. They Yeah, well, because it's always Jake running to the yeah. next chapter or whatever. It's always a scene of him running and then transitioning to him running in a different location, like in a temple mm-hmm. or in yeah. the jungle or yeah. the desert. He's or channeling field or... Tom Cruise. He's just running. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah, I, I wish they kind of either committed to the comic book stuff 
more because if you're not even vaguely aware that this is loosely adapted from a, a comic that the director also made but is also yeah. entirely different from then the comic stuff is kind of a little bit like just seems like a weird choice especially some of the scenes like just the feet they start on if you like monk feet then i guess you're in for a good thing but it's just very <laughs> just very sort of saturated it's like and and aren't we here come on we're all friends um, <laughs> but there just kind of like wasn't enough just to establish that this is kind of like going all in on the comic stuff and i, I was trying to look into the comic as well because it's um it, it's focused on like a like a wrestling coach who's been sort of brainwashed to basically be the the chosen in that as well so it's it's slightly different but then I found one review on Amazon that said, um, uh, which was a one-star review of the Jiu-Jitsu comic that reads, and I quote, the comic was packaged well. I wouldn't recommend the comic. So if that doesn't sell you <laughs> on the packing abilities of Amazon, then I don't know I don't know what will. That is in my basket as we speak. Wait, wait a minute. A wrestling coach that was brought into a, a tournament of intergalactic blah, blah, blah. Are we sure Mortal Kombat 2022 or whatever didn't steal from the the comic book? <laughs> we can't. A... We cannot know who stole from what at this point in time. Um, I, I mean, if Jiu-Jitsu had just brazenly had um, just Scorpion or something, then like okay, that at least I know where I stand. Uh, but they 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 couldn't even give us that. Well, maybe next time. Jiu-Jitsu two 2026, right? <laughs> Uh, every six years, right? Isn't that how it goes? <laughs> the fast jujitsu and the furious jujitsu. Let's let's just get a whole franchise out of this thing. Um, <laughs> but then, but then we've got like the big, the climactic battle at the end. Um, and we've got Tex is back. The fisherman and his wife are back. They bring in <laughs> grenades. They're bringing a shotgun. Um, and then we get the fight. And then Brax is winning. And as I've said. Uh, Jake suddenly remembers that he can fight because he gets choked. Um, yeah, he's I, getting choked out. Comes, thinks of his father, and then instantly starts punching back. <laughs> he's he's possessed by the spirit of like his his father. He becomes uh, spiritually the Bronze Hog. Um, <laughs> the um, hog is within me. <laughs> uh, you were the hog the whole time, time, time. <laughs> You're the oh my god! You're the hog now, hog. Wait, <laughs> trying you to the fighting ch- forester, but it's awkward. you are the chosen hog jitsu. Um, <laughs> and then there's this this a completely throwaway thing where I mean, as a viewer at least, you find out that fire sort of scrambles Brax's heat predator vision thing, and then it's such a ten second thing that does not come back into the fight at all. Um, it just enables Jake to get in a quick kick um, before the rest of it. And then he has... This is basically what I call in action scenes, and you may be quite experienced with these. Um, the John claude Van Damme second wind, as I like to call them, yeah. where you're wearing the tightest denim, um, and then you suddenly you just take a deep breath, you roundhouse kick someone through a window, and you win the fight. This, these yeah. are the principles of the John Claude Van Damme second wind, which is a. Uh, it, it's almost like Elaine Moosey is kind of the new Jean Claude Van Damme, being the star what? of the kickboxer movies. <laughs> it's all connected in the multiverse of sadness. This is yeah. this is what this is what I keep saying. 
Well, I was going to say, you know, we're, we're speaking about him being possessed by the spirit of his father, and then we're we're, we're speaking about him. He's he's having like audio audio like log flashbacks to I think it's Captain Sand saying like his his cuts stay open for five to six seconds, and then they're building towards the grand finale of the fight where these five seconds take about two minutes. Yeah, it's. Yeah, the, yeah, well, the the portal's opening too. Like, like, like apparently it's, I, I, I don't know. He's got a train to catch with this portal, go back to his homeworld or whatever. But he's got to, you know, kill Jake first. And so, uh, oh yeah, we got to mention uh, Juju Chan. She has these like exploding tip arrows or whatever that they talked about when we talked about the locals and the grenades or whatever. And yeah. so <laughs> she like fires one at a uh, Brax hits him and so yeah there's a a wound in his chest and daryl what happens from there well he's got a wound in his chest and this is why at the same time jake's trying to play like piggyback with him is riding on his shoulders like a megazord um (laughs) he gets a big old pass and a catch from tex crams two grenades into his closing wound and then uh (laughs) Falcon kicks him back into the portal where Brax explodes. He goes, I'll get you next time, Jiu-Jitsu. <laughs> <laughs> the portal closes. Everyone's high-fiving. Everyone's taking swigs of beer. Um, and then they just kind of walk off into the distance. What was missing was just like an 80s freeze-frame ending. <laughs> just, I want rock! Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Which is what, what I, how I, I wish it had ended. Unfortunately, it, it, it didn't. But then it, it seems like quite a, a finite ending, saying, well, he's, he's exploded, you don't come back from that. But then Tex just announces, we'll see you again in six years. Like I said, Jiu-Jitsu 2, 2026, baby! <laughs> it's like, I hope you don't see me in six years. Uh, because, if, <laughs> because if Nick Cage is in it, even tangentially in flashbacks, i got to cover it. So please, oh, he, he comes back as a, a force ghost, like Obi Wan Kenobi. Yeah, <laughs> Brax revi- revives him. Oh shit! Yeah, that's oh. it. Oh my god, that's how come they don't have like people lose their memories? They died in the last one. Brax brought him back. Oh, that that's another thing. Like when the the portal explodes and all that, and Jake's like running away from the flames and like dives and like hits his head on a a post or a step or something. I'm like. Oh shit! Is he gonna lose his fucking memory again? And they're gonna be like, "Oh hey, yay, Jake, you did it! Did what? Who are you, people?" I'm like, "Oh fuck!" <laughs> and then roll credits. I'm like, "Burn this movie!" But that oh, didn't happen. No, it's you know, quite quite a finite ending. And my my sort of like take on Brax here was that like, I think it's like you know, why is he coming to Earth? Are there other planets that he goes to in the um the in the six years in between? Because he's basically uh like space cobra kai fighting his all valley state tournaments around the universe <laughs> uh, just just winning, getting crane kicks and then just trying to uh, avenge his losses again and again and again so basically well, here's the real question daryl do you think he's the only one do you think there's not a i don't know a drax or a Trax or you know like a whole Legion of these, you know, um, various I, fighters. I like to imagine there's three of them called Brax, Sax, and Cracks, and then they're all just <laughs> <laughs> they're all just going round, just like the Charlie's Angels of space, uh, looking for their like Larusos to get some vengeance. 
this... Brett Brax only comes around every six years because he has a terrible work plan. He only gets a he only gets vacation time once every six years, uh, that's and it. that's why he's so angry. <laughs> he, he he works hard for the money, does our Brax? Um, yeah, uh, he's he's a he's a company man, and they're just not giving him that promotion. He's been overlooked by the younger upstarts, the university college upstarts, and he's sick of it. Um, see, even that is a more engaging backstory for Brax than what we don't get here. Um, I, 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 I just wanted this to be, you know, I think this is where kind of the comparisons with Predator hurts it a bit because, like, Predator is so good in, in its execution in the fact that the Predator's just going around indiscriminately killing people and it doesn't matter because the film is so fun. But here, he's just he just turns up and is like, oh, got that space traffic. And the only explanation is sometimes Nicolas Cage points to hieroglyphics on a wall. It's like, uh... Um, so I, I just, I don't know. I think a film like this, you just can't look for sense because it's just not really there. I don't I don't know. You, you guys have viewed this twice. I don't know if you've got any more sense to make from this than me. Oh, no. No, no, no. no not at all. No, it's less excruciating on follow-ups. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I say, we, once you know they're just going to say stupid shit and you can kind of block that out because you already know what's going to happen down the road. <laughs> It's like okay, cool, cool. Now get get to the next fight scene. Like you can almost watch it a time and a half and get exactly what you want. Then it's like, oh, yeah. slow down. Fight scenes are coming on. You know, right? But I, yeah, I mean, I I I joke about there being a sequel coming and blah blah blah. But I, I don't know if you did the research. Do you know how much money this movie made? Um, I saw. Um, it was yeah, just okay. just shy of a hundred thousand dollars. Yep, on a twenty-five million dollar budget. So <sighs> I yeah. mean. I, I think contextually, you know, this is a film that's been released during the eye of the COVID storm. Now, I'm not saying that pre or post pandemic, this would have found an audience and beaten 25 million. Um, but I don't know that anyone was going out of their I, way to see this. Like, but, but the problem is, this movie yeah. came out in 2021. If this movie came out like 2020, like after we'd all watched Tiger King, I think it would have made a shit ton more money. It did come out in 2020. I thought you said 2020. Never no, 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 yeah. <laughs> Never. Uh, who knows? Who knows? Um, I mean, I saw Rotten Tomatoes. The critics gave it 28%. There was an audience score of 64%. Yeah. So there are some people out there that are enjoying this. And guys, it's free on Netflix. So they sold it to Netflix, so they got some of that money back. But I mean, hopefully they did. I don't know. I, I, I know Dimitri's making another movie. Uh, apparently, he's still in pre-production for Kickboxer Armageddon, which is, you know, ending the Kickboxer trilogy, yeah. I assume. Uh, there's another one, though, called Man of War. And this is what it says on IMDb about it. The latest action film from the creator of The Fast and the Furious, which follows what? Ray Miller as he tries to save his sons Luke and Travis from a dangerous drug gang. That's all I got. I don't know who stars in it or is that, anything. Is that like a like a, a prequel to Lord of War? Oh shit! Do you think it's Nick Cage? <gasps> Hold oh, on, Jesus! I mean, drugs and drugs. I mean, I'm, I'm sure gonna I think like with Jared Leto, he's the bad guy in this one, man. That's my brother wait, it's, the whole it's time. From the creator of Fast and Furious, Luke is <laughs> Lucas Hobbs, right? Oh Lucas Hobbs. shit! It's the Rock. Is yeah. is Travis? Is does he have a brother named Travis? Uh, hold on. Look it up. See if there's been any updates since I. Do we? Do we? This this can't be it. We're all adamantly, we're all adamantly googling here. We're we're trying to find a scoop for you, dear listeners. 
Is what we're tra- <laughs> is what we're uh, hot man on a job down there. There's Feature. just so many movies called Man of War. It's hard to. <laughs> <laughs> there are many men, but there is only one Lord, and his name is Nicholas Cage. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I mean, I, th- I think on you know that absolute high note in an otherwise strange, strange film. Um, I think what what would your final takeaways, your final thoughts? On jujitsu, uh, what, what would they be? Final thoughts. Oh, so, sorry, just uh, I found out why I couldn't find it under Man of War. It's now being called Gunner and is expected in twenty twenty three. Boo. Yeah, no, no cast, no nothing. But Boo. it's Gunner, and then under it says they messed with the wrong guy. So <laughs> could, right, be that anyone. Too. could be anyone. Yeah. Uh, so I'm looking forward to kickboxer arm again. No, but uh, jujitsu. <laughs> I mean, watch it for free on Netflix. I mean, yeah. there, like I said, the action scenes are decent. Like, especially if you watch a bunch of martial arts movies, like all the Scott Atkins and all those kind of like like Hard Target Two, like all those <laughs> kind of movies. Give jujitsu a watch. Why not? It's not the worst, but for me, it was really disappointing because, yeah, as I've said yeah, a couple of times now, is nobody was utilized to their full potential. Yeah. We didn't get full cage rage. We didn't get full like the protector throwing elephants. We yeah. didn't get like we didn't get what we wanted with if, a cast like this. If anyone got what they deserved, it's Tony Jaw because he doesn't say a fucking word and he kicks ass for like the five minutes he's on. He screen. has like the best scene in this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the, the one shot scene. Is definitely the most memorable scene of the movie. Yeah, uh, you know, aside from you know, the Nick Cage sword fight, if you watch it just for those two scenes, you got it. I think that's exactly it. it's an uh, such an interesting premise on paper, but the execution. I just think you can't help but feel a little bit disappointed. Um, the, the the only execution akin to this is that of Nicolas Cage's in the movie is how you're going to feel, uh, broken backed and broken hearted. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I think as we come to the end of Jiu-Jitsu um, he's certainly left for uh, for me as I say uh, Stephen Izzy thank you so much for joining uh, to get to the bottom of this one and for the, for the dear listeners here there and everywhere in the multiverse of sadness as we're going to get 90 <laughs> episodes in um, where can we find you on the, the interwebs, the socials and uh, all such other places yeah, well, well, thank you for having us, of course, Daryl. Yes, thank um, you. You can find us on all the major podcatchers under Everything I Learned From Movies, or hit us up directly on Twitter, Facebook, or Patreon at EILF Movies. That's Everything, Everything I Learned From Movies. Uh, every like every first and third Wednesday, we have uh, like these movie streaming nights we do on Discord, so come yeah. join us. Um, I think when this is dropping, we'll be doing... Uh, uh, Nin July, so I think the next one will be a like Man from Hong Kong on July twentieth, or yeah, July twentieth, yeah. and then going into August, guys, it's the best time of the year. Nick it's August the Cage. What movies are we going to be showing? I really haven't decided. I mean, it's like, oh yeah, we can do Face Off and Con Air and blah blah blah. Or would you guys rather watch Amos and Andrew or oh. you know some of the other? Uh, <laughs> Or questionable Nick Cage movies between two I mean, worlds. This is what our third or fourth Nick August Cage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, we, yeah. We're so we're we're actually starting off with Jujitsu because that's a nice transition between Ninjulai and Nick August Cage. You know, yeah. with the swordplay and whatnot. Uh, but yeah, we're doing like Amos and Andrew, 
Fro- the Frozen Ground with uh, Frozen John Cusack. I love that movie. <laughs> yeah, uh, we, we got some good ones coming up. So yeah, yeah, check us out. Uh, babe, are you on social media at all? Yes. Uh, so I am an artist and you can find me everywhere at Untidy Venus. That's a goddess who's bad at housekeeping. I'm on all the social medias at Untidy Venus. I also have an Etsy shop where I sell my goods and wares at untidyvenus.etsy.com. And you can find me also on Patreon at Untidy Venus on Patreon. I have a sticker of the month club guys for four dollars a month i will write you a handwritten card and send you one of the stickers i designed so yeah also i forgot to mention i I, like i think i mentioned earlier uh we have a couple dozen interviews with various celebrities over the last three or four years but a lot of them are nicholas cage adjacent including a stand-in uh for over a decade marco kairos mm-hmm. his brother and part-time director uh, of nicholas cage uh christopher coppola you may know him mm-hmm. from freefall uh nick powell we actually just interviewed he's the one that directed him in primal and uh outcast yeah. uh a lot of a lot of co-stars uh from various things mm-hmm. uh, uh elaine moosey uh you know yeah. it was obviously in this movie just yeah yeah check it out we've uh we've got uh, uh, yeah. thomas jane um, who's Eskimo Brothers with Nicholas Cage? <laughs> uh, you know, uh, John, John C. McGinley, Dana Gould, Jenna Varney, Uwe Boll, Uwe, Doctor Uwe Boll, who has nothing to do with Nicholas Cage. But if you enjoy insanity, oh guys, look at the Doctor Uwe Boll interviews and find out about how he accidentally burnt down an entire Serbian town filming a movie, and then adopted all of the dogs and took them with him back to Canada. <laughs> Amazing. If you want more bang for your buck, everything I learned from movies podcast, all the links in the description. Uh, Guys, thank you so much once again. This has been an absolute blast. This brings us to the end of this week's episode. And as ever, thank you for listening. If you have been, we'll see you in the next one. But until then, and as ever, keep on, keep on caging. It's all you have to do. Thank you. Take care and goodbye. Hey, everybody. Hey, everybody. Golden Hog of Hollywood. And there you have it, episode 96 in the bag. Hope you enjoyed it as much as we enjoyed making it. Uh, Now, as ever, all the links are down in the description down below to all my socials and where you can find the podcast in the description. And, of course, all the links for everything I learned from Movies Podcast in the links down there as well. Uh, Of course, go check them out. Go support them. It's a crossover episode. It's an ambitious crossover. It's like the Avengers. I hope you enjoyed it as much as we enjoyed making it. Um, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, all the usual. It's all down there. Enjoy. That sort of brings us to the end of episode 96 officially. Um, it's uh, it's exciting getting towards the end of this now. There's only four episodes left. We might round this out on a big fat 100. Uh, after all, who'd have thought? Not me. And yet here we are. So the end is coming, but it's not really the end. It will continue in one form or another, as we've said before. Um, but... Just uh, thank you for listening. If you have been, it's greatly appreciated as we hurdle towards the end and get towards that final hurdle. We will, of course, see you in the next one for more golden hoggy goodness. But until then, and as ever, keep on, keep on gauging. Take care. Bye-bye.